Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Basement Talk podcast. Hope you all are well. I am your host, Ed Bertzel, joined, as always, by my co-host, Brett Mayer, and a very happy Tim Brady today. Gentlemen, how are we? Oh, I'm doing just great. I cannot wait for this fantasy ranking. I'm sure there's going to be no argument at all. Um, episode... Episode 9, Episode 9. Episode 9. Let's get it going, boys. How we doing, everybody? How we doing? I can't wait for Tim to be very angry in about an hour. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very excited. I have no reason to be angry. And we are also joined by our producer, Matt Bertzel. Matt, how the heck are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. That's wonderful. So... On the show today, we got a little Super Bowl reminder. We're going to plug that just a tiny bit, get you ready for next week's uh, podcast and what we'll be doing on those. We got some Deep Sleeper of the Week. Deep Sleeper. Deep Sleeper. We're going to talk a little Zion, uh, his, of course, his debut Wednesday night uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans, and they lost to the San Antonio Spurs. Tim and I proudly can say that we watched that and were in awe of what a specimen he is. Yes, we were. Do some uh, fantasy top 20, give, have some ranking discussion, debate, all that. And then we have some, a little Premier League discussion. We're going to give you our uh, our favorite teams. We're going to break down our favorite starting 11s. We also have some outside contributions from Men United, from Spurs fans, and from Manchester City fans. So to those people, we'll get to them. We'll give them credit uh, when we get to it. But in advance, uh, thank you to those people for... Uh, putting in their contributions to the show. So, give you guys a quick little uh, Super Bowl reminder. Of course, it is the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami next Sunday night. The Chiefs defeated both the Texans and the Titans to reach this point to be AFC champions. The 49ers, of course, rolled over the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers to reach this point as NFC champions. Next week on the show, we will have a full Super Bowl preview, breakdown, and, of course, some betting advice because we love gambling. We'll make sure to to record that one in New Jersey where we can properly place these wagers after we discuss them. So that will be coming up on next week's program. So, for now, gentlemen, let's get some deep sleep of the week. It's 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 the best time of any week. A nice little weekend show. Yeah, I do love me some deep sleepers. And we love our deep sleepers. So, of course, we did the draw before the the show. And we have Tim Brady, who is the lucky man to give his deep sleeper of the week. So, Tim, start us off. Who is your deep sleeper of the week? Uh, My deep sleeper is actually very relevant to this uh, weekend in sports coming up. I'm going to go with All-Star Games. Mm. Now... All-Star games in recent times have definitely been on a downturn. I think we've had a lot of negative press for the All-Star games, especially the NFL uh, Pro Bowl. No one's really interested in watching that anymore. But uh, this weekend's pretty dead, sports-wise. I mean, you don't have anything big coming up. Sit down. I mean, you get the hockey uh, NHL All-Star game this weekend. There's a lot of good content with that. I think the skills challenge is tonight. Tonight, uh, 8 o'clock. Friday. Can't fucking wait. Uh, We have um, the Pro Bowl skills challenge tomorrow during the day. And we have uh, the hockey uh, all star game. How do they? What's the format? It's three on three, right? Three on three. Yeah, three on threes. I remember watching that last year. It was some great yeah. stuff to watch. And then look, Sunday. I know the Pro Bowl is not the best football ever, but your body at this point is so used to sitting down on a Sunday and watching football for at least some extended period of time. There's no reason to shock your body. There's no reason to just completely take it out of its normal schedule. I mean, sit down and watch the football on Sunday. You might not love it, 
But you're not going to hate it. I guarantee you're not going to hate it. That's a good point, Tim. I'm going to be a lost puppy on Sunday. Not anymore if you're watching the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Hey, I'll do Brett's job for him. Instead of watching the Pro Bowl, he watched 2006 Rose Bowl. Oh. oh. That's not my reference. Doesn't count. I support. <laughs> I Thank you, Ed, but. I was doing count. your job for you because yeah. oh. I am someone that is thinking ahead. I don't, I don't know. You guys going to watch the Pro Bowl this weekend? Or are we no. Fuck no. I'm going to go no. with no. You're not watching it? Probably not. So I'm watching it by myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, and you can, give, you can give us a full report. Next week on how the Pro Bowl went. Now, see, in my head, this went a little differently. When I brought this up, I thought everyone was going to be like, you know what, Tim? That's a great That's a great point. Let's all watch the Pro Bowl together and all bond and watch it together. But you know what? No, no one's on board with that. So I guess I'm watching the fucking Pro Bowl alone again this year, like I do every year. Because you're the only one that has faith in the Pro Bowl. It's just, it's football. It's like, just watch it. Like... It's not football. It is football. Uh, I wanted to stop denying. It's like it's like high school football. Nah, it seems to the point where corners are playing receiver, running backs are playing defensive end. It's it's a it turns into a rugby match. Yeah, they do laterals everywhere. I don't know, I'm not a fan. Is anyone gonna watch a skills? challenge? I don't yeah, mind Saturday the skills though? challenge, but I think okay. I watched the, the skills, skills challenge. Is fun. I think I watched the skills challenge on Twitter like this morning. The sk- uh, like, I oh, think they, they're releasing all, the all these bats, videos yeah. of. I th- no, I think it was this year's that I was watching. Well, I didn't know about that. Yeah. But the skills challenge is the peak of the Pro Bowl weekend. Yes. I do like the skills challenge, though. The skills challenge is quite fun. And we're going to watch hockey, at least. I mean, yes, sure so that's okay. happening. Un- unofficial Deep Sleeper is a throwback skills challenge videos of Larry Allen uh, benching, like, 46 reps yep. at, at the Pro Bowl. Troy Aikman and Brett Favre in a throw-off. Chad Ochocinco and Steve Smith. I've seen those videos for the past, like, five years. They need to get some new ones. And that was a young Troy Aikman and a very young Brett Favre. Two gentlemen. Two gentlemen. So, uh, Tim, do you have anything else you want to add to uh, to defend the Pro Bowl? I mean, I, I guess I really can't because you guys are just gonna just gonna write it off. No, but absolutely not. We're not I, writing it off. I think that the yeah, Tim, we're letting if, you have your form. This Tim, is this is a safe s- space. If you send me an invitation, maybe I will come to watch the Pro Bowl. Yes, an e invite, please. Okay, I'll make a Facebook event. You can make a Facebook event. That's I don't fine. have a Facebook. You All have to find podcast listeners are welcome to watch the Pro Bowl. I will be live streaming myself, watch the Pro Bowl on Twitter. Oh. Uh, mm. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go no. Uh, but if I do and you watch it, thank you. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you have a deep sleeper for uh, for this episode, or do we need to come back to you? No, I do have a deep sleeper. Oh, he's prepared. He's prepared. Oh, wow. Surprise. Hey, I was making sure episode eight got out in a timely fashion this morning. Cut your brother some slack. And it did, so thank you very much, producer. You're welcome. So my deep sleeper of the week is uh, Mr. Peanut. Oh. oh, yes. So, yeah. the uh, poster boy for Planters Peanuts, no free advertising, great um, snack to have. Um, they announced that uh, he died two days ago at the age of 104 years old. Oh, you didn't see that, Ed? No. So, yeah, I saw it. No, this is breaking news to me. So, uh, rest in paradise to a young king, Mr. Peanut. Uh, hopefully, you are... Chilling up there, doing what you do. But Can we all agree that advertising has gotten out of control? I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. I yes, it has. Wrong, but it's gotten to a point where it's, like, becoming way too real. They're, like, invading our, like, lives and, like, making us care about advertising, like, what do you call it? Like, um, advertising icons and stuff like that. It's, yeah. like, I don't know. They're, like, writing stories in these commercials and shit now. It's weird. Well, because they're trying to get into someone's emotional intellect. I'm that, not, a.k.a. I'm not their that. pocket. A.K.A. their pocket. Yes, that's correct. Once a commercial starts going for the emotions, I'm not a fan. Oh, so you mean like the uh, the Budweiser with the um, 
No. The dog and the... No. Not, yes, yes, with the uh, dog. What's the name of the uh, the horse? I forget. Clydesdale? I know. Clydesdale, like thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, Budweiser commercials are beautiful. Those are beautiful works of art. The worst fucking commercial ever, though, was that iPad commercial. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, what that's what really made me think, like, what is going on in commercials when these kids, like... Their like grandma died and yeah, yeah. that was the whole, worst commercial ever. The, the whole ever. beginning of, the, of the, the the commercial, the grandpa's like, "Fuck off, kids, get out of here!" <laughs> and at the end, he's like crying because they made a monologue. Absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant, girl. Oh, I can't stand that shit. Rest in peace, Mister Peanut. Yeah, what what a great guy. So Brett, you want to give your uh, your deep sleepers? Yeah, Tim Tim looked over my shoulder and he saw my deep sleeper already. Tim can't help himself. My deep sleeper this week is portable bread. What? I'm sorry? <laughs> oh, is it the shit with the Red Bull? Yes, it is. So this morning I was on Twitter knowing that I needed a deep sleeper today. And where else would you go to find a deep sleeper except for Twitter? That's the perfect place to go. And I came up on a video of the caption was portable bread. And I was like, whoa, what's going on here? So the process of bringing your bread in your pocket is you have to... Heat it up with a heated light. Yes. All right. Just just picture. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a scene for you. An Italian okay. an Italian loaf of bread, like one of those yes. long like. Yes. Okay. Right. Yes. So you got the the light on and you're heating it. You're going back and forth. Yeah. Right. You're heating it up. Yeah. Then you take two Red Bulls and you pour it in a pan with the bread there, and you just pour the Red Bulls all over the bread in the pan, and make sure you get both sides of the bread. Uh, juiced up, marinated. Yes, marinated. Good word, Ed. I like. I like that. Thank you. I'm a professional. <laughs> then you then you quickly draw off the bread a little bit. Okay. Now you, you have it sitting there, right? It's mm. all dry. You put the Red Bull on, right? Yeah. You just roll it up. Tuck and roll, baby. Yeah, you tuck and roll, just like just like a Ooh. blanket. I don't know how the hell that worked, but it did. And you put it up in like a roll, just like like a sleeping bag, and you roll up a sleeping bag. Yeah. And then the next part of the video just showed him releasing it, and it just. Perfect. Just like it never happened. And it just doesn't taste like Red Bull? I don't know. No. I guess not. I'm assuming uh, this will cause a couple uh, sicknesses and diseases if you do try this. <laughs> if you dump Red Bull Most on likely. <laughs> Most likely. Dump Red Bull on a loaf of bread? <laughs> well, we'll find out, but I was amazed this morning. I don't know what I was watching. That, uh, is, that is amazing. I haven't I, seen this video yet. Oh, it's fantastic. And listening to you describe that on a, on a fresh mind was an acid trip. I watched it twice. I made sure I rewatched it. That is absolutely, that's mind-boggling. That something like that would work. But I definitely appreciate the ingenuity. I, I can't I just, imagine that work, especially when you have, a t- like, an Italian, like, the loaf looked a little, like, uh, not, cr- uh, I guess, crusty in a way. You know how, like, mm. or flaky. You know how, like, when uh, you get bread for a while, it sits for a little bit, it yeah. gets a little, you know, stale. Yeah. stale, yeah, a little stale, a little flaky. So I was shocked when he rolled it up like that. It, I don't know. Maybe it's fake. Hey, million-dollar idea. Maybe this is your way to rejuvenate stale bread. Let's make some uh, bread-flavored Red Bull, guys. Uh, he needs to get a, a utility patent on that before he goes on Shark Tank and uh, pitches that to uh, Kevin O'Leary. I'm seeking $500,000 for 25% stake in my company. I Whoa! Think <laughs> I want to stay away from that because I feel like, like, once again, dumping Red Bull on bread is not a good idea. No. I would say that there are uh, many health uh, negative health effects that come with uh, mm. putting Red Bull on bread. I mean, just with drinking Red Bull alone, I mean, it makes me feel like I'm about to have a heart attack. Fun fact, but I've never had a Red Bull. Keep it that way. Yeah, yeah. keep it that way. Do yourself a favor. You're uh, you're a healthy guy. Do you, do yourself a favor. And Stick. it wasn't it wasn't strictly to Red Bulls as well. It just said energy drinks. 
Hey, so it doesn't you, have to be a Red Bull. It could be a monster. Okay. Fuck that. I don't know any other. It could be a NOS. A NOS. Oh, that. Yeah, a NOS. Yeah. You could do a NOS. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Stick I think the I coffee. Think, yeah. Yeah. Just, just. Stick. But, but well, trying to roll point. out the bread Ooh. with the coffee that a makes coffee it a little loaf, bit. Though, like. Ooh. That could be. That could be something. Hey. Go get your patent after a, this a podcast and go on Shark Tank. Like a coffee roll. Well, coffee exists. roll is delicious. Yeah. So no, yeah. I'm saying coffee loaf. What do you mean? Like a loaf of bread that tastes like coffee. Isn't that a coffee roll? <laughs> no, coffee roll is like a donut that's like cinnamon. There's no coffee involved in a coffee roll. It's for dunking in coffee. Oh. Yeah, which is delicious, by the do way. Do you guys like coffee ice cream? Yes. Yeah, I've never had it. Yes. That's my favorite type of ice cream. I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. That and like a little bit of pistachio ice cream. Now we're talking. If you're 21, I heard the coffee um, Patron is really good. Yes, yes. I've heard that. It is. It is quite. It is quite good. I can. Uh, I can attest to that. I'm not 21, so. Not um, not, but yeah. I am. So I can. I can attest to it. I can speak for uh, for the people of this oh, podcast. Okay. So and do you have a deep sleeper? For yes, us? I have two deep sleepers of the week. Oh, that's wonderful. So my first one is uh, Chase Rice. He released a surprise album three days before appearing on The Bachelor with his ex Victoria F, who we all love. This is a Victoria F podcast. Oh yeah. Going on a one-on-one date with Pistol Pete. So that is. That is just impeccable timing, Chase. That is very, very well done. And he also uh, was on talking about him being on The Bachelor, and he said he had no idea that he was set up for Victoria F. and him to be there like My that. ass. Wait, so Chase Rice said that? Chase Rice said that, and yes. And then he conveniently released an album? Yeah, no, yeah. Give, me that, give me a break. My ass. Give me a break. That shit is... That is the definition of just how, like, the advertising and, like, corporate TV shows work right now. Yeah, what a fun. Everything is literally an ad. ABC chewed out these people to find out their deepest, darkest <laughs> secret. It's so true. I feel so bad for Chase Rice. He's put in such a shit spot, but hopefully his album sells. Because oh. I, I, I did listen to it. it, was, no, it was, I would disagree. I don't think he's in a shit good. spot. I think it's the best thing for him right now. Well, yeah, it's free publicity, so. Yeah. I guess any, any kind of publicity is good publicity. Um... And my last deep sleeper of the week is coronavirus. That's a that's a very it's a very important topic. Uh, I mean, we're gonna, we're all dying. Don't get the coronavirus. And if you are going to Asia or to California, I recommend you cancel that trip. Right. Hey, there's now, now someone in uh, I think Ohio who has. Oh shit! Yeah, it's coming this way. You can't damn it! Ohio that yeah. fast? Well, no. Someone damn traveled it. to China and then just it was dormant, I guess. And then it was like, oh hey, I drank too many coronas and now I'm sick. Shit. Oh, my God. That sucks. Do you want to explain the root of this virus to me? Um, I am not a doctor. I, I do don't not have any idea. What I don't have about. any clue. They say it's like a very serious case of pneumonia. That's all I've read up on it. And Gotta it protect came, my people. And it actually came Gotta from protect corona? your people. Absolutely. No, no, that's no, what no, he's no, saying. No, no, yeah, no, that's what he's saying. He got me. Okay, I was going to say. The modern day gang is caught over here. I, I make joke. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yes, bottom line of the week: uh, deep sleeper uh, coronavirus. Uh, don't get it. Don't get it. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying very hard. Don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's it's these are tough times out there. Make sure you don't get coronavirus. Stay safe, everybody. Please stay mm-hmm. safe. It's a dark, cruel world out there. Okay. Uh, next up, let's talk about some Zion. Let's uh, let's go ahead wow. and 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 do this. So uh, that was one of the greatest things I've ever watched. It, yeah, it I, was it was a hell. A hell of a debut. I'm gonna stir the pot real quick. I don't give a fuck what he did. Hmm. I don't. Please, please, please explain. 
what he what he four threes in three minutes, twenty two points to end the game. Yeah. Still lost. All right. Well, um, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> he didn't play Alvin on the Gentry stretch, right? took him out of the game because he's on a minutes restriction because he just yeah. came back from an injury. Yes, he played um, 18 minutes, correct. For every second that he was on the court, especially that last section, he was the best player on the court. Yeah, did you watch the first three quarters? What do you have going to the halftime? 2.4 turnovers? How many shots did he take? He only missed two shots in the game. They weren't yeah. giving him any looks. I no. mean, if you're not giving him the ball, he can only do what he can do. That's right. But he's, he, was, he looked like Zion in college in the NBA. The rebound he got to start that run, that's where it all started. It was that one rebound where he just completely outsized who I don't even know who it was. It might have it might have been it was uh, like six ten like It might have been Lamarcus Aldridge. I think it might have been Lamarcus Aldridge. He just jumped over him, took a rebound out of his hands, pushed the pushed the ball on the court, great vision on the passing. I mean, he's doing all the things that they said that he couldn't do in college. He's beyond what he was in college at this point. Yeah. He was draining threes, which was never his MA, MO in uh, college. He was passing the ball like Lonzo was talked about passing the ball. Like This is a combination of so many things that I was so excited. Well, we have every reason to be. I mean, he had four threes in the span of three minutes. The most he had in a game when he was at Duke was three. In a whole game. In a whole game, and he did that in three minutes. And he didn't miss one. <clears throat> no. And he just was pulling up, and the Spurs were giving him acres of space to go ahead and do it until he finally realized, oh shit, maybe this guy can actually hit a three. We got to put Lamarcus Aldridge on him, and then that's what Alvin Gentry just said. Okay, you're uh, you're you're done, my guy. You're you're done. And of course, the uh, the national television audience, including the crowd in New Orleans, was not uh, not pleased. I feel bad to for Alvin. Put it mildly, yeah. He was in a he was put in a really really tough spot, but. He's the head coach of the team. He's got to do what's best for the team, but also he's got to do what's best for the player. And it makes no sense to potentially put Zion out there even more to win one game, which at the end of the day may not even matter because the Pelicans probably won't be a playoff team. Unless they when, start something. Unless they, they, they start something, right. But if they're not a playoff team and Zion gets hurt even more, then you're, you're compromising the guy's health. And instead of saying, you know, this guy could be a 10 to 15-year star in the NBA – you're really limiting him to seven, eight good years because you really wanted to limit him when he first arrived onto the scene. So it, it just didn't it didn't make sense for Alvin Gentry to go out of his way to put Zion in a compromising position. It it, it just didn't. We're one crazy Zion style block away from him just being fully in the NBA now. Like he just has that one thing left to do, and I think we're gonna realize that he can just do everything he did in college. Agreed. It's because he's Agreed. he's bullying. He was bullying people when he was playing. So, gents, uh, what are your expectations, really, for the Pelicans for the rest of the year? Do we think they're a playoff team? Do we think that they're a borderline playoff team? Um, what, what, do we, what do we think? I think that with a full health starting lineup, if you have Alonzo, JJ, uh, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and whichever fifth piece that they want. Jackson Hayes. Jackson oh, Hayes, that's my guy. And whoever they want to throw in that five spot. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, too. There's a lot of talent on this team. Well, they've been talking about dealing him for a little bit now. I haven't liked what I've seen from Drew Holiday. I'd rather see Zion on the court just to see that future type of uh, roster going. Agreed. But um, I think that's a playoff-caliber team. Now, they'll probably play playoff-caliber basketball for the rest of the season when they're healthy. But will that mean a playoff spot for them, given the spot they're in right now? I don't think so. Yeah, they're uh, they're four, four games out of eighth place at the moment. Okay. 
They're so, yeah. in a great spot to play themselves right under that playoff <laughs> spot where it looks like a bad season for them because they're not going to get the high draft pick, which is always what I talk about. If you're not making the playoffs and you want to get the high draft pick, but mm-hmm. um, I think for them this season, I think a good record is way more meaningful to them than a higher draft pick. I think getting these guys to melt together now instead of wasting another year, I think that's going to be a great look for them. Yeah, I think it all depends on... I don't think it really matters if they make the playoffs this year. Just, no, it doesn't. Just how, how Zion looks, if he can keep this up, what he did. We'll see. I mean, I know he did put up, seven, what, 17 points in a quarter? Seven yeah, points 17 points in three minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, and like whatever it was. I don't know. we got to see if he'll keep up. He's obviously not going to keep up what he did. But it's nice to see him hit some threes and, you know, finally get out there. No, I agree. It's I agree. Just, what worries me the most is he's so freaking big, man. Yeah. He's and enormous. It's scary. Like, like what what do we say about Kelvin Benjamin? He's like a, a burger away from a tight end. Like Zion's <laughs> like, Zion's a burger away from like breaking both of his knees, snapping yeah. both of his knees because he weighs like three hundred pounds. Too much gumbo. Yeah, and he's just a fucking animal. So, um, heaviest player in the NBA. Yeah, that's the only problem with him. What do we think? And this is very very early. I know, but he's only played one game. But. We can look ahead here. Um, what do we think Zion's ceiling is in terms of his career as a professional? I think his ceiling is possibly the greatest of all time. Uh, I'm not going to say that. His just stri- again, str- strictly based off of, like, I'm just being realistic okay, with well, his weight and stuff. Ceiling, like, yeah, he could be the greatest of all time. But what do you reasonably expect Zion to be? The greatest of all time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just seeing okay. what he did in college and seeing how he did it coming right off an injury, to an extent, he did it. I have, I have no reason to believe he can't do that for the rest of his career. Better than MJ? I think time will tell. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. What? what? I mean, to say that he could be? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. I, mean, look, it, it, I will say there's two sides to that argument where you could say, look, a guy's only played one game. How can you say he's going to be better than Michael Jordan? Mm-hmm. But a guy's also played one game. How can you say he's not going to be? What have you seen that's telling you he's not going to do that? I mean, I'm not saying that one game convinced me. I'm just saying I already thought that he could be, and now with what he's seen, I'm not saying it's impossible. I can support you on this. People when LeBron didn't even step on a fucking basketball court were saying he was going to be the next second coming. I can get, I can get behind that. Sure. And there is, a, there is a certain type of thing you can see with that. Like, people saw it with LeBron, and it's carried on. Zion has something about him, and I really am excited to see what happens. We all saw his highlights from fucking high school. He was an absolute animal. Yeah. I mean, I think the bottom line for Zion, I think for now, we got to look at him as the franchise cornerstone that they have in New Orleans. What they're building with, like you said, Tim, with guys like Zion, guys like Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes, J.J. Redick, Lonzo Ball. I mean, they have a great core of young guys. And whoever's been working with Lonzo Ball and his shooting, I mean, give give the guy mad props. Because Lonzo... Lonzo's looked terrific this year. He he really has, and I'm not, I'm not I haven't been a big Lonzo guy in the past, but he really has looked like a potential solid point guard that can really do the job for this Pelicans team in the future. He he may be, and I I, I don't want to say that he's gonna be this, but I look at Lonzo and I see a perhaps a better version of uh, of Rajon Rondo. I think he can be that kind of point guard that has great vision of the court. He can shoot a three when need be, based on this year. His shooting's been terrific. And I think he can be that because he's got the pieces around him where all he has to do is just control the court for the Pelicans. 
and, and he, he can be that guy. And he's in a much better position now than he was with the Lakers. Absolutely. The Lakers, LeBron just drove him out of town. Uh, yeah. General ma- general manager LeBron James. No, I think um, when you have a guy like LeBron who, who usually plays point guard, Lonzo Ball's not going to fit with that. Yeah. No. no. That, that's, see, that's what I'm also curious about. What, how, like, what kind of player is Zion going to be? Like, if you had a, like, um, a legend, a basketball legend, if you were to compare him to one of those players, who would you compare him to? Um, I know everybody says Charles Barkley. Is that what you're going to say? Charles Barkley, but he can shoot. Like, shoot threes and shit. That was there with Charles Barkley's M.O. Yeah, but for the for the amount that Charles Barkley couldn't shoot, but he, he could also defend, like, nobody else's business. That's also part of it. And didn't I mean, yeah. I mean I'm not I'm not an expert on Charles Barkley and his history. Didn't he have like a good post game too? I I don't I just don't see like Zion. He did. He doesn't have any like sh- well, structure game, of post game develops in the NBA. You don't have a uh, post game in the in, in college. Like, right. Can, but it's right. a very boring style. It doesn't get you drafted in the same. It doesn't get you drafted the same uh, like same level as Zion got drafted. But I think post game is just very natural for players. Like you see someone like Embiid, like he's always had a good post game. When you look at someone like Dwight, you ex- you expected him when he was younger to develop a post game. Dwight Howard, and he never did. I want to see Zion attempt some fadeaways, get that into his arc. In his arc. I, I don't it, think it, he's going to be that kind of player. Though. The way that I see Zion being a professional, I think he's going to be an elite rim player. That is how I see Zion really making a living. And they've tried what they did on Wednesday night. They tried to put him as a five, but then they realized when Lamarcus Aldridge was on him for the limited time that we did see, Lamarcus Aldridge is one of the best fives in the NBA. And Lamarcus Aldridge was putting Zion pretty much in his back pocket because Lamarcus Aldridge is six ten. He's huge, and for as big as Zion is, he's only six six. Mm-hmm. So. He's got, he's got room to improve. So I think I think if anything, he's a he's a very good four. I don't know, given the success that he had at the five in the preseason, I, I just don't think that the five is his long term position because you got to have a bit more height with that because you're going up against you know guys that are six nine, six ten, seven footers at the five, and at the end of the day, it, it isn't exactly the best place to put Zion where he's in a position to really succeed given he can shoot a three he does have a pretty solid mid-range game as well so you want to give Zion the creative license to go out and do what he wants and not just limit him to being a paint player that's the way I feel with Zion to make him at least be the most effective and successful player that he can but the first things first is he's got to be healthy absolutely and if he's not if he's unhealthy then he probably has a seven eight year lifespan in the National Basketball Association, and that, that's the sad part about it. But if he is healthy and he his knee is 100%, then we're talking about a guy that could be an all-pro player for 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I laughed when you said National Basketball Association. I don't think I've ever heard anybody actually say the National Basketball Association Well, when talking about the NBA. Well, here we are. Here we are. I, it's a da- it's I a, like that one. It's the dawn of a new day. So, let's talk some fantasy, shall we? It is never too early <laughs> To talk about fantasy, so there are times when it is too early to talk about fantasy, and I think we're in that little date range right now. We're right in that time where it is too early to talk about fantasy. I don't think it's it's never too early to talk about fantasy because because before you know it, August will be here, and then we'll all be saying, "Fuck, it's time for drafts!" Woo! So we are going to read off our fantasy top twenties, 
and we are going to open it up to the room for any sort of debate, questions, things like that. And then at the end, I also have some questions for for some people if they are not covered when we're going over our top 20. So I'll start and I'll give I'll give my my top 20. So my number one player for uh, for 2020 fantasy, I do have Christian McCaffrey at number one right now. I think we all probably do, yeah. Number two, I have Michael Thomas, and this is PPR. So just want to point that out. This is PPR scoring, points per reception. Number three, I have Saquon Barkley. Number four, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Number five, I have Dalvin Cook. Number six, I have Devontae Adams. Number seven, I have DeAndre Hopkins. Eight, Alvin Kamara. Nine, Julio Jones. Ten, Nick Chubb. Eleven, Joe Mixon. Twelve, Chris Godwin. Thirteen, Mike Evans. Fourteen, Tyreek Hill. Fifteen, Josh Jacobs. Sixteen, Amari Cooper. Seventeen, DJ Moore. Eighteen, Travis Kelsey. Nineteen, Aaron Jones. 20, Leonard Fournette. Questions from the forum. Uh, DJ Moore is the biggest surprise on that list. Who's playing QB for the Carolina Panthers next year? I think it's good, probably going to be Cam Newton at, at this rate. Oof. I, at I at this that, rate. Is that a good thing for DJ Moore? It, it, I think it is because when, when Cam Newton played this year, DJ Moore was pretty heavily targeted, but he just, he just didn't get the receptions. How many weeks did Cam Newton play this year? Two. Kyle Allen really played a whole season? And Will Greer. Yeah. And then Will Greer. Yeah. And if, if DJ Moore can succeed with Kyle Allen, I think he can succeed with Cam Newton if he is the guy in Carolina for, for 2020. I think DJ Moore has proven he's the number one receiver in this offense. He's the number one potential pass catcher in this offense as far as downfield threats go. Obviously, putting aside Christian McCaffrey and what he does in the passing game. But, yeah, I think, I think DJ Moore... Being in this top twenty, I think I think it might be pretty generous, uh, given his uh, his potential ceiling. I understand the lack of touchdowns. I get it, but when you when you have a guy that is good, you could probably say DJ Moore is a lock pending health, but he's, he hasn't had many health concerns. You could say DJ Moore is probably a lock for a hundred catches, given the negative game scripts that probably Carolina is going to be in this year. So he's going to get fed the rock plenty. And we saw how he was through the middle and the end of this year. He was one of the best receivers in fantasy down the stretch, and he won people championships. A hundred catches. He can be that guy. Yeah. You just said a lock. That's a that's a hot take. I think he can be a lock for a hundred catches, given I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to be very good. All right, I do like that Joe Brady's there too. That helps. Uh, that helps. That I, helps. I, I assume it will help. I don't like Cam Newton, the thrower, though. I've never have, so I think that takes away a little bit. If he's there, from what, if, he's, if there. he's there, um, you can make a case that may even be even more of a lock if Kyle Allen is the guy. Yeah, I was thinking that. I think he's had. He's definitely lined up to be better with Kyle Allen. That's just my opinion. Potentially, yeah. Um, is Tyree Kill on your top twenty? Yes, he is. He's oh, he is. He is number okay. fourteen. I did right. omit him from mine because hmm. I made this fast. And Interesting. I forgot to put him in. <laughs> um, I'm I'm surprised that no one has really grilled me. I'm trying to remember who you yeah, had. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah. I did not have uh, Derek Henry in my top. Oh, you 20. didn't. I did Le not. Baby. You didn't I have did, Le Baby. I did not. Um, yeah, you're bugging for that. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're bugging How? for that. How? Uh, what do you finish this year? 
He had 16 total touchdowns and was the number three <laughs> running back. He was the number three running back. I think like since midway through, not last season, I think 2018, Derrick Henry's been the best running back in football. Like statistically, by make a case. The only pro- no, I I will give you that it's, he's not a PPR machine, which is definitely takes away from him in PPR leagues with running backs. But um, I I just think he makes up for it. Like I think he doesn't need the receptions. He just does so much on the ground that I know it's he doesn't have that threat of getting a game where he has six catches from fifty yards and a touchdown, which is an easy eleven points right there or more than that. I mean, but. I don't know. I think you are kind of bugging for that. I think my, the thing that I have with Derrick Henry is this, that positive, that positive regression is telling me that 16 touchdowns is yeah. not going to happen okay. again. Oh, no, that's true. So, so most if, likely. Yeah. If you want to put him down to, let's say, 11, 12 touchdowns, okay. But then we're talking PPR, and we're talking guys that I have ranked ahead of him. Talking guys like Leonard Fournette, catches passes. Yeah. Aaron Jones, catches passes. Josh Jacobs, catches passes. Ooh, does Josh Jacobs catch passes? How many passes did he catch last year? Because I will not be surprised if he caught, like, less than 35. Well, you can make you can make the case that's the same thing with, with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs could be in the same boat, that they both are pass-catching running backs, but they have guys that are specialty pass-catching running backs behind them with Giovanni Bernard and Jalen Richard. Well, that's true. He has so, 20. 20 receptions? Okay. Yeah. It's more, it's be more than Derrick Henry. It would be more than Derrick well, Henry. Derrick Henry does only have three career receptions, so yeah, you, right. you are right. <laughs> right. Right, right. <laughs> so, but he I, does have a passing touchdown in his career. This is true. Are you are you concerned about the threat of Derrick Henry also throwing multiple touchdowns next year? I should, I'm quaking in my boots. All right. Quaking in my boots, but... I kind of want to bet that he's going to. I think in non-PPR, if you want to put Derrick Henry in the top ten, fine. I have no problem with it. Absolutely no problem with it. But... For but then again, who does a non-PPR fantasy league? This is true. If you're still doing non-PPR fantasy in 2020, then uh, wake the fuck up. But, I mean, I just look at all these uh, potential pass catchers, and I just say Derrick Henry is not that. Um, I understand the touchdown upside. I get it. But for me, it, it just it isn't worth going and spending a first or a second round pick on a guy that's not going to catch passes. Now... Aaron Jones you have on your top 20. I do. He had how many touchdowns this year? I believe he had 19 touchdowns. He had something ridiculous. 19 by the, total? By the end of it. Yeah, he had about 19. Sounds about he right. He had 21 by the end of, like, including playoffs. Yeah. Now, you expect touchdown regression from Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. I assume, right? Yes, of course I do. But I guess you're basing it off of Aaron Jones will catch passes. Derek Henry Correct. Went, that's why he's there. Correct. And then uh, Leonard Fournette. Over Derrick Henry? Yeah. You probably expect Leonard Fournette to score more touchdowns this year, right? Cause he I expect a Leonard Fournette to score more touchdowns, and I also expect him to catch more passes. You expect him to catch more passes? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who's their, uh, who's their new offensive coordinator? Um, Jay Gruden. F- the Jay Gruden? Jay Gruden. Gruden. When the hell did this happen? Yes, wait. I just Early, saw that. Earlier in the week. Yeah. yeah. Really? I saw Jay yeah. got a job. I forgot Jay Gruden. So basically wow. saying he's the next head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars when uh, Doug Marone gets <laughs> oh, fired. Jesus. Um, I didn't know that, but I mean, I'm going to be surprised because Leonard Fournette had a lot of receptions last year, and I think that was based off of who the, their offensive coordinator was. He was the guy, uh, I'm forgetting his name, DiFilippo. Yeah, he, yep. he just loves passing the ball, like mm-hmm. regardless of what the situation yeah. is. So I expect Leonard Fournette to get more carries than he does get receptions out of the backfield. I feel like that's going to hurt him a lot next year. That's fair. That's fair. And there's always the question marks, too, with Leonard Fournette and his health. That has always been a big a Big, big, big 
uh, problem. So I get why Derrick Henry's not on your list because I personally am not a Derrick Henry fan myself, but I find it very hard to not put him here. When I look at a guy like Nick Chubb, who I kind of look at the same way as I do Derrick Henry. Interesting, really? Like, Nick Chubb doesn't catch too many passes, but he can. Derrick Henry... Yeah. Let's be... Okay, Derrick Henry doesn't actually have three receptions in his career. He catches, like, one or two, usually a game. Yeah. Which might be what Nick Chubb will be doing, especially if Kareem Hunt comes back. That's going to be a hit on Chubb. I don't know what you expect from that. Well, I also think that Derrick Henry, there's also the question of, is he going back to Tennessee? That's also a big, big question mark. I know that all of us expect him to go back there, but if he isn't, then it really just comes down to what new offense he's going into, who is his offensive coordinator, is he a run-heavy guy, is he not? With Nick Chubb, his new head coach, Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings formerly, run-heavy guy. So you could be seeing Nick Chubb just get absolutely fed, and if Kareem Hunt is not in... Cleveland next year, which I, I personally expect that he will be, but if he's not, then Nick Chubb gets even more opportunities for uh, for work, and we can't also deny that this guy was the NFL rushing leader for two thirds of the season before Derrick Henry stole it from him on the uh, on the last day in Week Seventeen. So you expect Kareem Hunt to be back on the Browns? I do, and you put Nick Chubb that high. I'm surprised. Yeah. Very surprised. I think Kareem Hunt really hurt Nick Chubb down the stretch. With with recept with receptions, yes. With receptions, yes. But it, it's it is very fluid. He was it was between Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon for me because I, I love both of them for this year. I really, really do. And I know I know I'm probably gonna take some heat for uh, backing up Joe Mixon again. Oh no, you won't for me at least. Oh good. Good. Okay. Then that, that that's uh that's a good sign. But I, I love both of them. And I think there's no, there's no right or wrong between uh, Chubb or uh, or Mixon, because also you have to put into this perspective of these guys. You know where they're going to be next year. Derrick Henry, you don't really know. But when we have an idea, if Derrick Henry's back in Tennessee, then I would probably consider putting him in my top twenty. But we're still a long way, uh, a long way off from See, that. See, no, you gotta get bold with it. You gotta predict where they're gonna go when you make your rankings, and then rank them based off of that. That's how the real pros are doing it these days. <laughs> oh yeah. I have one last question, Ed. Would you Shoot. be in your top twenty-five, Derrick Henry? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I had a very hard time not putting him in my top twenty for okay. what it's worth. So he would probably be just on the outside looking in. All right. So basically, yeah, I'm saying he's gonna go in like the. I would pick him in the second or third round. And I wouldn't call anybody crazy for that. All right. You've answered all my questions. Brett, go ahead. All right, number one, I have, surprise, surprise, Christian McCaffrey. Who saw that one coming? Uh, Yeah, big shock. Okay, number two, I have Saquon Barkley. Number three, I have Dalvin Cook. Hmm. Four, I have Michael Thomas. Five, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Six, DeAndre Hopkins. Seven, Julio Jones. Eight, Devontae Adams. Nine, the gangster Alvin Kamara, my gangster. The Ten, Le Baby, the Baby Derrick Henry. Eleven, Nick Chubb. Twelve, Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Thirteen, Aaron Jones. Fourteen, Leonard Fournette. Fifteen, Tyreek Reek Hill. Sixteen, Amari Cooper. 17, Joe Mixon, Joey Mixtape. Joey Mixtape, the fucking guy. 18, Chris Godwin. What's his first name, Bird? 
Rod. Rod Christopher. Rod Christopher Godwin. Nineteen. Yes. Yes. Rod. Rod Christopher Godwin. Yes. That's a fine gentleman. He's a scholar. Nineteen. Josh Jacobs and twenty. Kenyon Drake. There's my question. Okay, here we go. Uh, why Kenyon Drake in the uh, in your top twenty? Oh, uh, you know I love myself some Kyler Murray. Of course you do. I'm surprised you didn't have Kyler Murray as like your number five player. The Owl, Kyle Murray. Oh, he's the Owl. We call Kyle Murray the Owl. By no, the way. It makes sense. He does I, look like an Owl. No, no. I I actually I thought of why he reminds me of an Owl. Why? If you want me to explain it. Yeah. First, we need to explain randomly during the year. On a Sunday, Kyle, Kyler Murray scored a touchdown. I forget what he did. I was excited. Tim just sent me an emoji of an owl. Because Ever since, we call him the owl. That's It's the way he runs around. You know how an owl can turn his head like 180 degrees? He just runs, <laughs> and the way he twists his body when he's running around, bro, it looks like an owl's head on a pivot. <laughs> I won't. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought of it. Well, I, I'm a big fan of the owl, Kyler Murray. I love the Arizona Cardinals uh, offense with Cliff Kingsbury. And I think Kenyon Drake's a perfect fit for them. I expect them to improve next year as far as their offensive line and their offense in their second year together. Mm-hmm. And I think showing what Kenyon Drake did at the end of the year is not going to be exactly what he does next year. That's going to be impossible. But I expect him; he can catch the ball. He's a good player. I've always been he is a good fan player. of he is Kenyon a good Drake. Player. I think yes. he's very talented. I agree. So I think the system's perfect for him, and I expect the Cardinals to improve. So now... This is like a part two question of this when I first saw your, your ranks and oh, I said, okay. Gonna now, write an essay now? Now we have a part two question Not of this. A part two. So you have Kenyon Drake in your top 20. That means you're projecting David Johnson is not going to be with the Cardinals next year, correct? Yeah, I don't expect him okay. to be there. So if David Johnson, let's say David Johnson is not with the Cardinals and he signs with the Bucks. Oh, our favorite story. Our yeah. favorite <laughs> story. This is going to be something that we hammer at least 500 better, times until it happens. I better order my David Johnson Bucks jersey today. I, I may be there with you, him, him and Jameis. <laughs> that would be just a wonderful combination. But would you put David Johnson now in your top 20 if he is with the Bucks? Ugh. Tim saying yes. Oh, yeah. I'm saying no. Ah, uh, that's that's hard. They would probably. Uh, I gotta I gotta come up with an answer here. I'm all in on that. Explain yourself, Tim. While while I think. Oh, uh, don't even do that. I'm just all in. On okay, it. fine. Uh, I'm gonna I'm me. gonna stick with Kenyon Drake. I'm gonna stick with my ranking. Okay. Even though I would love David Johnson on the Bucks, but I I like Kyler Murray over Jameis Winston. Um, oh. Oh. I think the Bucks off. I mean, both of their offensive lines are horrible. Yeah. But I think we've shown. Our Cliff Kingsbury has shown this past season that a guy like Chase Edmonds can carry uh, can yeah. carry a uh, I don't I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for carry the load top, yeah he can carry the load he can be a top ten running back yeah. in fantasy no matter who it is back there because the one thing with the Cardinals is they can run the ball they've shown that they yes, can they've shown that they the can Bucks, the Bucks have nothing there no is matter nothing who, no that could be an indictment on uh, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber just it being could awful be. yeah but I are. think. The yeah, proof they are. The proof's in the pudding here. Yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Wow. I, mean, I don't know if that relates to anything I just said, but no, proof, I'm no. just gonna say the proof is in the pudding. I still don't know what that phrase means. Neither do I. No, yeah. I know, I know, I know what it means. The proof is in what we've seen already. You have, you have already an example of it, and we're going back and we're proving what we've already seen. The proof is in the pudding. The proof so, is in the pudding. There you go. That was that was yeah. very well said. Very well said and correctly used. Are nice. you guys disagreeing on, on Brent's list? Am I just going to be under the fire right now? Uh, he still, do you no, still disagree I, I, with Kenyon Drake there? I assume you do. I do, yeah. Just just because I'm not crazy about the Arizona Cardinals like you are, um, I don't think that 
I know a lot of people have Kyler as a top five quarterback going into next year already. Uh-huh. I don't buy that at all. Um, now that could all change if the offensive line does improve. They go out and they improve the offensive line in the draft, free agency. They get Kyler more weapons in the passing game outside of, of course, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, who should be going back there next year. Confirmed he um, is. He said he is already. Exactly. Already? Yeah. I love it. Exactly. So, he look, Kyler has the upside to be that, but to rank him as a pre-draft top five quarterback is is, is crazy. And I, yeah. thi- I think Kenyon Drake, too, while I love the player and I like the situation that he's in, I just see that there, there are other guys – that I would put above Kenyon Drake. Like I'm just trying to think here off the top off the top of my head, someone that I would put over Kenyon Drake. Uh, James Conner. I would put James I no, I would not put James Conner over Kenyon Drake. Okay. I would put I'm trying to think myself. I'd put Chris uh, Carson above Kenyon Drake. Ooh. Okay. I'd put Chris Carson above him. Um, I do I would, love me some Christopher Carson. Uh, I would not put Mark Ingram over Kenyon Drake. I would not. Mud Ingram. Would you put um, Kerryon Johnson over him? No, I would not. Would you put Mark Ingram? Would I put Mud Ingram over who, Kenyon Drake? Yeah. yeah. Well, clearly I would clearly not. not. Yeah, 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 clearly not. No, I, I, would, put, I wouldn't. I would put Austin Eckler over Kenyon Drake. Okay, that's – that. I mean, I, and for if, making my list, Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon were not – Put on here because I just I have no idea where they're going. Right, so that's I, fair. I have my crystal ball. I already know where they're going. That's fair. I already got it all figured out. Mel- now, if Melvin Gordon goes to the Chiefs or the Texans or even the Bills, I don't, I don't want him to go to the Bills because Devin Singletary is really good. But yeah. let's just say the Texans or the Chiefs. Oh, I hope not. Then, then Melvin Gordon is something to talk about. Then Melvin Gordon, you could potentially see being put into. This I picture. would if Melvin Gordon went to the Texans. I don't know if he'd make my top 20, to be honest. He would be in the same range as Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, and Kenyon Drake, which were my 17, 19, and 20. That's fair. That's probably where I would put him, too. But for the Chiefs? The Chiefs, though, I don't... That's a whole different story, yeah. I don't see them going after Gordon, though. Yeah, I don't think they will. But because if, he, I think, if they did, I would put him probably right ahead of Aaron Jones. I think they're, they're, they're more interested in re-signing Mahomes and going with what they have with Damian, with Darwin, and uh, Daryl Williams. They'll probably draft a running back... Possibly. Or they'll sign one for a, ch- a cheaper deal. They're Possibly. Not. Because Damian's doing the same shit that he did last year. Showed that he's a, he could potentially be a number one running back and prove it in the playoffs. And then come week one, when everyone's taking him the third or fourth round because Damian Williams had an unbelievable end of the season, he goes back and shits the bed. So it's bold, Kenyon Drake. I like it. I like it. And I like him. But, again, it just comes down to you're a big Cardinals guy, and I, I am not a big Cardinals guy at all. Also, I guess, since I announced mine, I want to come back to yours. You have Chris Godwin over Mike Evans. Yes. Interchangeable. I'm, I'm surprised. Interchangeable. I've seen a couple, um, mo- not mocks, I guess uh, a couple pre preseason rankings already that have mm-hmm. shown that Chris Godwin is higher than Mike Evans. I'm surprised everybody's just making that jump already after one season. I think they're the same guy. I mean, it really didn't matter whether I put Mike Evans over Godwin or Godwin over Evans. I think they're going to be the same guy. And this is also pending that Jameis Winston is the quarterback there next year. That is also a big, big caveat to all of this. I just don't want to jump the gun and just put Chris Godwin over Mike Evans already after one season. That's fair. But that's that's very fair. But Bruce Arians said before last year, this guy could be a 100-catch guy. It's true. He wasn't, he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. He was telling us the truth. Right in front of us, and we said, no, no way. Except for the Chris Godwin truthers that oh, had I been. Oh, I loved uh, Chris Godwin last year. Yeah, I did too. Rod Christopher. 
Rod Christopher. Uh, I just want to point out, Ed has Tyree Kill ranked higher than I do. Yeah. I can't believe it. Well, I don't have him ranked at all. Because <laughs> uh, I made this list fast. All right. Do you want to you go to Tim's Please. list now? Right. Please do. Here we go. Let me just preface this by saying I made this list fast. All right. My numbers aren't set in stone. If you guys really are that upset about a number that someone's ranked at, let me know. And I'll explain to you where I realistically think they will finish. All right. Okay. I bet, I bet we'll have one in about 10 seconds. <laughs> we're going to have one in about two. All right? Okay. I also want to say that I did omit Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill because. You admitted to. Wait. Well, you, what? Listen, Whoa. Spot, oh, listen, no. listen. Okay. I, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me, let me do that again because. You guys are ridiculous. I omitted Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill because I made my list fast, and they were deep in the rankings when I was looking through all this shit, all right? And I didn't see them, all right? All I right, forgot fair, about them. fair. All right? Fine. Okay. I don't do fantasy rankings for fucking fun like you two do, all right? Oh, whoa. Oh, oh whoa. Whoa. Now we're going to personal attacks. Yeah, that's a, that's, that, was a, that is a personal attack. I made my list 10 do. minutes before you did. All right. And you've done it before. I didn't even make a list I have of not. Devontae's in my top ten. There you go. <laughs> so here we go. Okay. Number one, CMC. Uh, okay. Thank you, guys. I know. I'm fucking Ridiculous. Genius. Unbelievable. Uh, number two, Austin Eckler. All right, let's just stop. Let's stop. No, and Wait. I know Phillip Rivers isn't going to be there next year. Oh, that was the point I was going to bring However, up. I don't know if that was the one that you were going to bring up, Ed. That was the one I was thinking of. However, I do... No, like, not part of it. Uh, no. I, I like Austin Eckler's situation because... He showed that he could get it done very efficiently this season. He's a great option out of the backfield, both passing and rushing. And I think if the Chargers are going to go through a period of change right now, I think a guy like him will be extra valuable to that team, especially if you bring in a young quarterback or something like that who needs some help. Those check-down throws are going to be all day long for Austin Eckler. And the fact that he's still a very efficient runner. And I think that without Melvin Gordon, who I predict is leaving, I think that he could have a very solid season. So, off of Austin Eckler, he had 224 touches this year. Okay. Without Melvin Gordon, I'm thinking, and this is what I was going off of what we were talking about earlier, Brett, in what I was going to say as to why I'm not crazy about Eckler that much, is if they lose Melvin Gordon, which I think they're going to, uh-huh. I think they're going to draft a running back in the second or the third round that is more of the mold that Melvin Gordon is to be the in-between-the-tackles sort of guy. I still think Eckler's going to be an elite pass-catching running back. He's better than James White. He's better than Gio Bernard, Jalen Richard, those top-tier pass-catching running backs. And he's proven this year that he can be really, really good, but as a, as a number two guy where I think you're projecting him to be the standalone guy in that offense, I think they're going to bring somebody else in on top of what they have with Austin Eckler. And then also, we're not talking enough about Justin Jackson here either, who has also proven that he can be really, really good. No, I mean, losing Melvin Gordon is the first step because if they do draft someone like you're saying, they probably will. I mean, realistically, Melvin Gordon's definitely better than that guy. I mean, Melvin Gordon's how many years into the league? So if you bring in someone who is a lesser Melvin Gordon... I think that would be perfect for Austin Eckler, if anything, because it, t- it gives him time to rest. He, I think a big benefit of Austin Eckler was how many times he came onto the field with fresh legs. Okay. So I will say that having another guy come in there and being that Melvin Gordon replacement would not be the worst thing for his uh, fantasy production. So, you're, so what you're saying is that, okay, so give me, give me a number thereabouts what you think Austin Eckler's touches are going to be. Do you think he, he'll, that he will be over 224 if it's him Justin Jackson and a running back that they draft. I think do you, do you 250 think, is probably a realistic number. 
Okay. Okay. I mean, it, I, I don't know if that's a, like a guy that's going to be number two, but can he be a no, top ten guy? That's, that's Absolutely, I'm, that's yes. That's where I'm, I'm putting him. I, just, I added him early to my list because I was excited to put someone deep into my list that okay. had some potential. Tim, All is, right, so Tim is a guilty pleasure for Austin Eckler. Uh, I, 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 I guess so. I, I do. There's no doubt about that. Tim, that actually wasn't, that wasn't that bad. That, was, that wasn't that bad. I thought okay. it could be a lot more fire than that. Um, uh, continue. Uh, number three, Michael Thomas. Okay. Uh, A.K.A. Mike. I put him on my list as Mike. Mike? I guess I know him personally. Can't, first first can't name basis. Uh, number four, Lamar Jackson. Now, I know that he's actually wow. the number four pick. <laughs> I know he's actually the number four pick in any fantasy leagues. But if we're being realistic here, the season that he had this, this year was unreal. And I know there's a lot of regression you guys have talked about, and you guys let me know all about that before the show, the regression of number one quarterbacks. Yeah. However, Lamar Jackson is getting it done in a very different way. And I think that he's definitely more of a product of his his fantasy reduction is a very much product of his offensive game plan that his coach provides for him. And I don't see that going anywhere. So unless he gets injured, knock on wood, I hope he doesn't. I don't think his fantasy reduction is going to go that far down. Brett, you want to take this? Or you want me to? Uh, uh you can go. Okay. All right. Here's my problem with putting any quarterback in the top twenty, and this isn't just Lamar. We'll get to Lamar in a second. But for me, and I, I was going off of this last night on my radio show I do on Thursdays, Let's Talk with John Richard Ball and with Bird. You can find it on any social media platform that you would like, Innocent Plug. And I had said that I'm getting on the bandwagon this year of really buying into the early tight ends. I think that this is, this is the year that I'm fully invested in wanting to go out and get a tight end Early, what are the likes of Kittle, Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz? One of those. The thing with the quarterbacks that I don't like is if you're taking a quarterback early, you're basically handcuffing yourself with the rest of your team. That's that's kind of the problem that I have with taking a Lamar, or Patrick Mahomes. I was not taking a Patrick Mahomes last year in the third round where he was going. It just it just wasn't going to happen because I just find more value in the other positions. But I understand Lamar now is a very special case. I understand he has the rushing upside. He has the rushing touchdown upside, which, by the way, I don't even think he's peaked. I think he could potentially have more rushing touchdowns next year. But the problem that I have with Lamar Jackson is I think out of all the quarterbacks that will be drafted, I think he is the most likely and I'm not in the, the mold to predict injuries, but I think he is most likely the one that's going to get hurt. And him be the guy to have a catastrophic injury where it's like, shit, because he's a runner. And the runners are the ones. He's putting himself in positions where he is prone to get hurt. And that's just one thing that scares me a little bit, a little bit with Lamar. But putting him, putting him inside your top 20, I, I don't, I won't call you crazy for it because I, I get it. Because a lot of people in normal basic fantasy leagues are going to say Lamar Jackson, household name, everyone knows who he is, he's going to go early. So I, yeah, I, I get it. No, I mean, and I'm not even doing this in terms of like a fantasy ADP ranking or anything like that. I'm kind of just like who's going to be a, a most valuable kind of fantasy? Who's going to have the best fantasy production in terms of their position, rest respectively, and all that That's stuff? That's fair. Like, I think that Lamar Jackson just is going to have another season where he's probably going to be a lot better than the second-best quarterback. I think if we want to compare him to a guy like Mahomes, who a lot of people ranked in the top 20 last year, it's definitely easier for Lamar to repeat what he did I, I based agree. off of the rushing yeah. yards. I agree with you. So just to clarify now, would you, if you're on the clock in a number four pick, 
would you take Lamar? Not in a million years. Okay. Where is the earliest you would pick him? Give me, like, a a range. I mean, the earliest I would probably go – it's hard to say that I would take him – and, like, if I was at the back of the second round and I had, a, like, a one-two punch at the back of the second round, early third round, I might take him there. Okay. But that's only if I really had some solid guys around him. I wouldn't... That's fair. I wouldn't pair him with an iffy team. I would I would take him in the third round. I would take I, him in the third round That's where I would well. f- at least consider taking him. Yeah. As soon as I get two solid players, I Ag- think that's... Agreed. That was the same way with Mahomes last year. Like, I would, yeah. I would consider Mahomes maybe in the third yeah, I wasn't considering Mahomes until the fourth last year. I am fully prepared in our 14-man league this year. That's not a keeper league. That Lamar Jackson will be drafted in the middle of the second round. This year. Most likely. I was going to say the first round. I don't think he'll be drafted in the first round, but he might. So help everyone if Lamar Jackson is drafted in the first round. Uh, let's because, see. my God. But please, uh, continue yes, continue with your list, please. Number five, I had Dalvin Cook. Okay. Nice. Cool. All right. Six, I had Zeke. Okay. Seven, Aaron Jones. Eight Julio, okay. Nine DeAndre, ten Mahomes. Coming off the sophomore slump, I really think that <laughs> Tim also has a fetish for Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah, they all know about that. Um, I think he's gonna ball out this year. To be honest with you guys, I think he's gonna have possibly a year that's better than his rookie year. If I'm looking at my crystal ball, yeah. I mean, I we all knew he's gonna he's gonna regress this year. Like I I didn't yeah. deny that at all. And I think, actually, he had about, what, 34 touchdowns this year? Uh, I think he had 34 stats, touchdowns. Stats, stats. Let me find oh, out. I think it was 33. But yeah, I think it was that, definitely that, in the I 30s. He yeah. missed a couple games as well. Yeah. I, he was out for that three-week that three stretch. My point was going to be that I said in the beginning of the year that Patrick Rose was going to regress to um, 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns as opposed to 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, which he actually would have... He would have done probably pretty easily if he, if he was healthy. Games. Yeah, he would have. So he played so he 14 games. He threw for 4,000 yards, and he only had 26 touchdowns. 26, really? Yeah, passing. I don't know how many rushing he had. I don't. Oh, know maybe maybe any. it was then uh, the he rushing. Had, he had three rushing touchdowns. Actually, okay. besides not counting last week for his Tennessee, he had two. Okay. Regular season. All right, so 30. Still. 29 total touchdowns in the regular season. Patrick Holmes back on top this year. So... Then wouldn't you, wouldn't you put Mahomes and Lamar? Wouldn't you flip them, and say Mahomes is your number four versus Mahomes? Um, no, Lamar on the ground and stuff like that. It's gonna change his fantasy numbers. Okay, I think it'd be definitely, it's gonna be different. So you're still projecting Lamar to be the number one quarterback. You're saying that you guys repeat as number one quarterback. He's gonna be the number number one fantasy quarterback. Patrick Mahomes yeah. will be the like the best quarterback to lead this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I I see it. I see it. Up, they're putting up different stats. Yes, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Um, number eleven, I have the baby. Le baby. Le baby. Uh, number twelve, I have Chubb. Thirteen, okay. I have Le'Veon. I'm predicting the return of Le'Veon Bell this year. I think that everyone wants Le'Veon to be good because that's just another running back, and Le'Veon's amazing in fantasy from what we've seen before. Um, I just hate Adam Gaze. No, That's I, I it. Adam Much. Too. I hate Adam Gaze too. And maybe I don't like to say I'm speculating he's gonna get fired, but I think there's gonna be some changes around there. I he's better he off. Be, he's better. Le'Veon is better off if Adam Gaze gets fired. Oh, I would absolutely. like Le'Veon. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I don't think he will get fired. I'm just saying. Oh, if he gets fired in like week two or something like that, Le'Veon Bell might be like a top ten running back. <laughs> but uh, I, I do love me some Le'Veon. No, I mean, I, I just think Le'Veon's. A full year of Sam Darnold would not do him any harm. Um, no mono? No mono, Sam Darnold. 
Stop, um, kiss, stop kissing pretty women, Sam. If that team starts winning a couple more games, I think the morale around there can skyrocket. I mean, that team is all a bunch of Debbie Downers. You got Jamal Adams tweeting boo-hoo after every time they Hey, lose. he can come to Dallas and be a part of a winning organization. I have no problem with that. I think if you have Jamal Absolutely Adams, no problem. If you have Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell and Sam Darnold all on the same page this year, that team could be something pretty, pretty decent. So you're saying they could be a playoff team? I think they are. I think they, I think could, they could, could definitely team. be a playoff team. Woo! Depending how their draft and free agency goes, though. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fair. It's all about the draft for them this year, and I yeah. don't I, have super high expectations, but with I a solid draft, they could do a lot of good stuff. I, I mean, do have high expectations because last it? year's draft, I think they're, the Jets draft from either last year or the year before was considered the worst draft in like NFL history. Well, last year was the draft that they, their GM their drafted GM and then drafted fired and him. Fired him. Yeah. Yeah. He was awful. Well, that was they haven't. They haven't drafted any talented players outside of the first round. So a smart Jets team would be very draft-focused this year, and hopefully that translates into a, a solid draft, but you can't guarantee anything with the Jets. For me, the problem that I have with the with the Jets making the playoffs is just they're the third-best team in their division. Um, I think that Jets team can compete with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they can. I we'll mean, have to wait and see. I think any, we'll anything could happen... In an offseason, the NFL stuff changes Absolutely. so much every year. Yeah. But if, if the Jets go out, they have to improve their offensive line. They have to get more playmakers on the defensive line as well. They need playmakers they, at every single position. Yeah, they need, they need players everywhere. Their, sec- their secondary outside of Jamal Adams is a fucking disaster. They they need help in every single area, no way, every way, shape, or form. And, I mean, hmm, I... I the thing with Le'Veon is I, I, I was the only guy this year that was down on Le'Veon, and I was called absolutely nuts for saying that Le'Veon was only my, I believe I had him like my RB15 coming into the year, and I think he finished <coughs> right at that. I think he was the RB14 or 13 or something like that, but it's Adam Gaze. It's Adam Gaze. No, it is. I mean, he made Kenyon Drake look like garbage, and then he goes, he goes to well, Brett's team, Kenyon Drake, Brett's Kenyon, team, and looks great. Kenyon Drake does not look great. I just want to point that out. Whoa. What? Whoa. 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 You saw at the end of the season? In what, two games he had? It was a couple. I, was, I think it was five. three or four games, yeah. He did not do anything crazy in those first two games. Are you serious? Against the 49ers? His debut game? His he debut? scored two touchdowns? Yeah. Had 100 total yards, he I had, believe. He had 30-something fantasy points. He was on my bench. I'll never forget it. <laughs> against the 49ers didn't on Thursday had, Night he, Football. Didn't he run for 200 yards? Yeah. Against Seattle? Yeah. Hold on. Had him my, on my bench, too. Fantasy championship. <laughs> I remember that. I, I don't think we've seen enough of... I mean, that's uh, fair. He I mean, it oh, really was two or three games. That's, what, so that's more what I'm saying. So he was like two or three games. I, I'm sure he was, he was great. I know but he was free great. of the confines of, of Adam Gaze. The God, problem was don't. Adam Gaze wouldn't give him the ball a lot. He would give him about eight to ten touches a game. Right. Right. As they do are still doing in Miami with Patrick Laird. Gentlemen. That guy? Yeah. That guy. Well, what that the, guy. They went through... They, went, they started with Kenyon Drake. Then they went yeah. to, um, who was it? Oh, Kalen Balazs. Kalen Balazs, who was terrible. Terrible. They got he was on pace. He was on pace to be the worst running back in NFL history per 100 carries. Have less than two yards a carry. Jesus. Yeah, he was on He was on pace to do it. Thank God he got hurt. And then they had Mark Wilson who got arrested. Mark, well, Yes, Mark Wilson <laughs> did get arrested. That is correct. And then they ended up with Patrick Laird. Then they ended up with Patrick Laird, yes. Who was a surprise of the century. That guy was yeah. great. All right, let's, let's keep moving on with mine. Um, number 14, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon will not be on the charge next year. He's going to be a Chief, a Texan, a Colt. 
I thought you were calling your shot. What are you, what are you officially stating? Yeah, where, where do you think it's going to go? I'm, put, it, put it in your crystal ball. No, Melvin Gordon's going to be in a bet. My crystal ball is saying that Melvin Gordon's not going to be on that team next year. I'm You're disappointed. Four crystal- uh, disappointed. I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'm disappointed. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, listen, listen to what I'm saying, though. But okay. He's not going to be on that team next year. Mm-hmm. And there's three obvious choices for him that are all much better situations. The Bucks are an obvious choice, too. They need to run him. Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't say that they're not. Yeah, why wouldn't choice. they be? Yeah. Not on the same level as I'm saying he's he's a free agent. He gets to choose. You gonna choose to go to the Bucks or we're going to the Chiefs, Texas? Well, the Colts? Chiefs. They, well, who knows if the Chiefs? They, assuming all four of them. Yeah, four I don't, see, that's the thing. I don't yeah. think the Chiefs would offer him a deal. I don't think the Colts would offer him a deal. You don't think the Colts would offer him a deal? No, the Colts. No, have, I don't. I don't the think Colts they would either. Pay the bare minimum. They've paid the bare minimum yep. for the past two seasons. Yep. And they refuse to pay anybody big money. Right. And they, the Chiefs. And the Chiefs are probably more focused on locking up Patrick Mahomes and I think to a long term contract. Think when you have a guy like Andy Reid, he doesn't care. He'll draft the running back. Right. He'll pick up a running back off the street. Right. Once they once they lock up Patrick Mahomes to a long term contract, if he's making forty million. Plus, well, they're not going to have the running the, back that's making that the Chiefs money. are going to be in, in salary cap hell. Yeah, they, they're, um, they're going to be absolutely screwed. So, they really are going to be building through the draft and going after very, very low price free agents because their quarterback is going to be taking up a very large chunk of their salary cap. Also, and uh, de- deservedly so. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not egging Patrick Mahomes in I, any way, he deserves it. I, I don't know why, but just some part of me believes that Patrick Mahomes is going to be that guy who doesn't take the max deal. Like oh, nah. He's no, gonna, no. I think he wants to be that $200 million. He wants to be that guy. Because if he doesn't, he does. someone else will give him that money. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what do you mean? No, someone else will choosing, give him that money. What do you mean somebody else will give him We're saying he's deal. choosing not to get yeah. the money. No, I'm saying he's going to choose. He's going to refuse to he'll take, take a, pay a cut. He'll take a pay cut. I don't think he's going to take, take a pay, pay cut, cut when he's 23. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't think that happens. Because Patrick Holmes is special. Tom Brady got his money, and then he's now so he's been doing money. it for the last three, four years as well, just taking pay cut after pay cut after pay cut for the Patriots to try to, to, try to improve. Tom he, Brady's getting paid like He's making like $19, million, yeah. $20 million. Yeah. yeah, which is still way less than he which is Which is chump change compared to what the rest yeah. of these quarterbacks yeah. are making. Uh, continue, Tim. Uh, 15, Keenan Allen. Okay. All right. Uh, I had him pretty Keenan low. gets a lot of disrespect. I couldn't put him lower even just because of the loss of Phillip Rivers. I like a running back yep. in a situation without the quarterback being there, but the wide receivers, once you, once you lose a quarterback, you don't know what you got after that. Before you go, for one second, what if Tom Brady signs with the Chargers? Well, then uh, Austin Eckler number two sounds really fucking nice, Keenan doesn't it? Keenan Allen will... He'd be bumped up than what he. I think he'll be bumped up a couple spots than what he usually is ranked every year. Yeah, I think he'll I probably think it's be fair. an early second round pick instead of a mid second round pick. Yeah, just because of the hype. Yeah, the hype that'll be around it. Uh, sixteen. I had someone that I definitely put a little bit lower than I. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. Know, but <laughs> I they're in my top twenty and they they would be higher than this. It's Saquon Barkley. Thank God, I was getting nervous over here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> every person who went by, I'm like, where the fuck is Saquon? No, I mean, I I just. You, you had five minutes to make it. I okay, that's fair. That's fair. Keep going. Uh, 17, Leonard Fournette. Okay. 18, Mike Evans. No Chris Godwin on my top 20. Woo, okay. Uh, 19, Joe Mixon, who I hate and still put in my top 20. Says a lot. But that's beautiful. Love also him. note that he is number 19, and there's two guys that are better than him that I missed, so he probably wouldn't have made it. Uh, and then 20, Mark Ingram. Okay. Mark Ingram. That was a very uh, that was a very constructive exercise, gentlemen. That it was, was. It, it that didn't was suck as much as I thought. I don't think I said fuck once during that. 
No, I don't. I don't think you did. The way you guys were hyping this up before this, I was ready to have that game part two. No, I I mean, I apologize to all the viewers that were thinking we were going to have fireworks, but we we really didn't. Uh, We had some solid debates. You know why? You know why though? Because you guys said that thing pre-show about um, that one thing that I missed about Austin Eckler, and I realized like midway through the show that it was Philip Rivers leaving. That was at least mine. Yeah. And then I, but I, I still truly believe what I said about it. Like that, that's how I feel about running backs that are with um, new quarterbacks. So, okay. I have nothing to say about that. And I think the debate will get uh, a little more heated when fantasy season, fantasy season. Oh my God, is actually upon us. Yes, yes, and you can bet your ass that we will be talking a ton of fantasy come June, July, and we'll have many guests that will want to come on and provide their uh, their input. And I do think it's fair to talk a little fantasy. At the end of January, as soon as it's over. Yeah, yeah no, of course. No, it is. But I think from it the is. month of February to, uh, I'd say May. Middle of May, I, I want nothing after, to do with it. After the, after the NFL draft happens, and maybe maybe even like a month after that, then you're allowed to start thinking about fantasy. Yeah, get the, get the juices flowing. Yeah. You really shouldn't draft until the NFL draft. I mean, you shouldn't even consider mock drafting, I'm sorry, until the NFL yeah, draft. No, yeah, no yep. way. Agreed. Unless you're Jared. Un- unless you're uh, unless you're Jared, yes. And th- there will be that free agency bump. Breaking uh, news. Antonio Brown is facing life in prison? What? Oh, wow. I just saw that. Um, for what? Um, for felony burglary and battery charge that could lead to a life term. If that's a TMZ article... Oh, I'm wait, buying. wait. It's from ESPN. Oh, it's from ESPN? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, cr- the criminal specialist in ESPN. Yeah, it's from ESPN. Jesus. Um, so, wow, that was, that was something. TMZ did report that Antonio Brown was uh, was being searched for, I believe, when the warrant got. I think it was TMZ that reported it and reported that he turned himself in. I mean, fuck TMZ. I, yep. I just... Let people live, all right? You know what? Let the, let the police do their job. Let the news cover things that are actually important. And TMZ, go fuck off. I love you, Poppy. I love you, Poppy. Oh, Jesus. I mean, no, I just want to point out quick. Getting that police car. We were talking about this the other day, how the first time Antonio Brown, in the beginning of the season, when the whole thing with the Raiders happened, he left the Raiders, he was a free agent for a little bit, and we were sitting here saying, like, oh, ha, 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 Antonio Brown's never playing football again. Like, this time... Antonio Brown is never playing football. No, he's no. never stepping on football. The XFL doesn't even want him. Well, no, they really don't want. They him. They don't want anybody with a what criminal, criminal record. Criminal record. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Vince respect. McMahon laying down the law. Love to see oh, it. Yeah, like he loves to do. He Vince loves McMahon. laying down the law. That's Man a gentleman. Of honor, Vince McMahon. That's uh, a gentleman. I have a question for everybody. Shoot. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was on anybody's lists. And I don't think he's even my top thirty. Really? Even with Big Ben coming back? He would be in my top 40. Oh, my God. He would be in my top 40. Wow. Yeah. I guess I'm the Juju truther here. Juju also went to USC, who beat, uh, who lost to Texas in the Rose Bowl in 2006. There's my reference. Very, well, very well done. Thank you. Very well done. How old was Juju in 06? Like, seven? He's uh, age, Probably. So yeah. 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 Seven or eight. Wild. Wild, wild, wild. So that uh, might be the only reason why I wanted to mention Juju, to be honest. I was going to say, was that your only reason that you wanted to mention Juju? Well, so no, I also, I also like Juju, though. I am a Juju fan. Okay. Yeah, I, I, he's okay. He's okay. I, I don't know if he's all that, but we'll, we'll have to see with big men coming back. So let's, uh, let's get in some, uh, some Premier League time, gentlemen. Um, 
I do have a ton of um, other listeners that wanted to submit their uh, their teams, and I thank all of them for uh, for submitting. Um, I will give the three that are not represented on this podcast first, and then we'll go and discuss them one by one, and then once we get to Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, then we can break it down as much as we want. So this comes from our attorney, our podcast attorney, Mr. Greg Olson himself. This is Manchester United. He set this up in a 4-4-2. So he's got David De Gea in goal. He has Gary Neville at right back, Rio Ferdinand at center back, with Nemanja Vidic partnering him, one of the best uh, center-back partnerships in Premier League history. Very fair. Uh, Patrice Evra at left-back. I love this game. Ryan Giggs at right midfield on the wing. Paul Scholes, Wayne Rooney uh, in the mid- in the midfield. Paul Scholes, baby. I know who that guy is. Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes with Cristiano Ronaldo on the wing on the left side. And then his two strikers up top. Are Rude Van Nistelrooy and Eric Cantona. Zero issue. First of all, fuck Rude Van Nistelrooy. He dived like a prick against Arsenal at Old Trafford to try and ruin the perfect season and then miss his penalty off the fucking crossbar. So Rude Van Nistelrooy, fuck you. Um, zero issue. Next. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Considering I don't know what you <laughs> <Yeah>. are. <laughs> nah, I knew, I knew, um, I believe I knew the first four. No, the first four. The first eight. I heard of that Cristiano guy. The Cristiano guy? I'm surprised he didn't put David Beckham in here. I, I was, the, that was a little, two, little the bit of The front two, I honestly did not know. But everybody else I knew. Who's that? That's the and Yeah. And Eric Cantona. I mean, I would have put, if if I were uh, Greg, I would have, uh, for me, I would have put uh, Wayne Rooney as a nine, partnering either Ben Nistelrooy or Cantona, and then I would have put David Beckham in the middle. <sighs> for me. Same. For me, that's what I uh, that's what I would have done. So uh, this comes from Tommy, good buddy of mine from WRHU Radio Hofstra University. Roll Pride, baby. So we have some Spurs. I hate this. I want to throw up talking about them, but we're gonna go ahead and, and do it anyway. So he's put his team in a four-two-three-one. He's got Hugo Lloris in goal. Kyle Walker at right back. Ledley King, lifelong Spurs captain at center back, with Jan Vertonghen and Danny Rose. In his mid his midfield two in the holding positions, he's got Luka Modric and Rafael van der Vaart. Good, good choices. His advanced midfield three, he's got Gareth Bale on one wing, Deli Ali in the middle, and Hyun Ming Son on the other wing. And at striker, of course, he has Harry Kane. Big one for me was no Christian Eriksen. Yeah, that that's was wild. that was a surprise. But yeah, who but, is who are his two again? From uh, Luka Modric, okay, and uh, Raphael van der Vaart. Fuck Deli Ali. I don't even think he's that much of a Tottenham legend. Mm, no, I, I didn't think so either. And I I had argued that point. I had said that I wasn't quite sure um, why Christian Eriksen was not in there. I think it has to do with the stuff that's going on at the moment. Yes, I, I, I think so too. There is a bit of uh, a bit of bad blood between uh, any Spurs fan and uh, and Christian Eriksen as he is set to go to Inter Milan in the next uh, few days. 
Oh, is that is that fully said now? No, it's not fully said. It's not fully it's done. Like it should be done, but it's going to be done within the next few days. That he's going to be uh, off to to Internazionale. So now we go and talk about Manchester City, and this comes from my old podcast co-host, Mister Adam Caster. Adam, he's a City fan. He is. Oh yeah. Jesus! I know. He is. He is. So he lined this up in a four-three-three. Joe Hart in goal over Ederson, which was very surprising. Pablo Zabaleta at right back. Vincent Company at center back. Jolian Lescott at the other center back position, which was amazing <laughs> to me. Gal Clichy at left back, which I appreciate. Former Arsenal boy, Gal Clichy, my man. Yaya Torre at holding midfield. Ivory Coast. I yep. know that guy is. <laughs> with his two advanced midfielders being Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva. And then his front three, Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero, and Bernardo Silva. Um, no Laporte. No, uh, La- no Laporte. I was, I was surprised. I was very surprised. Well, Vincent Company in his uh, Manchester City starting 11 put John Stones as one of the center backs. No way. Yes way. John Stones. Vincent yeah. Company made a starting eleven. Yep. And put an all time starting eleven for Manchester City put John Stones in there. When did he make this starting eleven? I think it was probably the uh, the earlier this year when he had left. Okay. When he left the club, probably. Is that, like a, is that a soccer thing? You leave the club, they're like, Oh yeah, but before you go, uh, fill this form real quick and you just have to write down your starting No, it was there it was during an interview. It was oh, during an interview that he was just asked, Hey, who's your uh, Manchester City all time starting eleven? Fuck Julian Lescott. Why? What did he do to you? He's so ugly. He's so, <laughs> he's so ugly. Then Look I agree. at this book. <laughs> yeah, what is that? What? He was he was hit by a car. Oh. Oh, y'all, y'all are fucked up. <laughs> what did I say? So I didn't say anything. I'm defending the poor guy. I mean, he was hit by a car, and you got this guy saying he was ugly. Jesus. No, you should hate him. He was an Everton player. Fuck him. Yeah, it's true. He was an Everton player before I even watched soccer. True, he was an Everton player. Hey, hey! I could say uh, that Paul Gascoigne was a was a Spurs player before I even watched uh, any Arsenal. I fucking hate him. If you haven't noticed, our soccer fandoms are just a tad different. That's true. A little, just a little. That's true. That is very true. Okay, um, I'll save the Arsenal one for last. No, Chelsea for last. Best for last. Hell well, if we're talking best for last, I think we should go last. Definitely. Absolutely not. Uh, let's see. Um, All right. Who we'll go. Just the get the Champions League most recently. Oh, they go last. Who's won the most? Uh, who's won the most guys. trophies in the past five years? Who's won the most trophies in the history of uh, soccer? Oh fuck! All right, guys, we gotta go last. Right. Who who has the mo- <laughs> who has the most to say? Um, no, certainly not us. <laughs> most, most perfect seasons. <laughs> no, it's just most to say. I do. So, uh, fuck it, we'll go first. Yeah, we'll go, go first. So go we'll for just it. get it out of the way. All go right, for it. go ahead. So, um. When we typed this down, we forgot to put the goalie. Okay. But, of course, it's Allison. Okay. He's our goalie. We did a 4-2-3-1, by the way. Okay. So we went with, of course... Why are you laughing, Tim? Because <laughs> our, our sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, our favorite player. Okay. Our favorite player by far. Uh, on the right back side. Right back, yep. We have, in the middle, we have... Of course, Virgil van Dyke. Yep, that's with, fair. Now, this was hard. This was a hard decision for us. Not for me. 
Really? You you would go with him? Who we went with? He's the second best right back. In okay, we we put we put Joel Matip because we don't know anything. He's you know that's how we are. He's the second best amateur fan. Jamie Jamie Carragher. Jamie yeah. Carragher. Oh, I do know who that is. Yeah, I've heard of him, but you know, fuck him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Left back, we. Have, I believe he has the most appearances for Liverpool. Too. Yeah, I believe he does. And he's not. The and he's not on our list. So. Center back in the world currently. So. so <laughs> <laughs> no, right, but he so, is the, uh, he is the second best pundit on television right now. Yeah, that's how I know him. All right, Sky left Sports. back, we have Andy Robertson, of course, our Scott, yep. our Scott boy. That's fine. Andy Robo. That's fine. So the two we have for their two spot is Steven Gerrard okay. and Jordan Henderson, skipper. All right. Zero problems. Our three is the famous three, Mane, Firmino, Salah. Mane on the left, Firmino playing the center position, and Salah on the right. Oh, Firmino. That's I don't tough. condone this last pick. And... At our one is Luis Suarez. I condone it more than I condone Firmino. Firmino's where I actually have the problem. I would have probably... Oh, well, no, I don't have a problem with Firmino because he has been there the longest in this current squad. And That's fair. He's like our anchor right now. I so. think the, the he's way... He's underrated, man. The way that I would have done it is I think you put a 4-4-2 down where you then play two strikers up top. I know and who you, your second striker is going to be. You take, you put Luis Suarez there, fine, but you have Mane on one side, Salah, then you have Henderson, then you have Gerrard, then you put Suarez up top, or you take Robbie Fowler, mm-hmm. or Michael Owen. Michael Owen on his day, I know that if I he's, he's scum. Fuck Michael Owen, I want to just preface that, but Michael Owen on his day, was he was, he was the original golden boy. He was. If I would have changed anything about this, I would have made it a 4-3-3. And for my midfield, instead of having Suarez up top, I would have thrown Fabinho. <laughs> because I love Fabinho. <laughs> Even though he's barely played at all. Amateur I fans. I would have personally put Xabi Alonso in there next to, uh, next to Gerard. Oh, I forgot about Xabi Alonso. Yeah. But I, can't, I don't want to take out Jordan Henderson, though. That's fair. That's fair. I personally would have put Xabi, Xabi Alonso in there. No, I do like or Xabi even, Alonso, though. Or even Javier Mascherano. Who was a midfield battler in his in his uh, in his day? I agree. Yeah, yeah definitely. So uh, no, I insist you go first. You want me to go? Yes. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Here we go. So I set my team up in a four-two-three-one, uh, very traditional uh, Arsenal formation. Uh, in goal, I have Jan's Lehmann, uh, one hundred and forty-eight appearances for the club. And of course, was our goalkeeper for the Invincible season in two thousand three, two thousand four. Drink every time he mentions Invincibles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have many. I have. I don't have many invincibles in here, actually. Oh, six. Um, my right back, uh, Bakary Sanya, one of the most underrated defenders in the Premier League era, had made 213 appearances for the club and won one FA Cup. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my One of my center backs, Tony Adams, Mr. Arsenal, part of the famous back four with fellow club legends Nigel, Nigel Winterburn, Steve Bald, Lee Dixon, the youngest ever club captain at 21 years old. He's also an England captain, and he made 504 appearances for the Arsenal. And it was a one-club man. Much respect to my man Tony Adams. Four-time First Division champion, including two Premier League titles. Two-time FA Cup winner, including the 97-98 double-winning side. And a two-time League Cup winner. So Tony Adams is one of my center backs. The other one was interesting because I had a debate between three guys. It was between my man Lauren Koscielny, uh, my big fucking German, Per Mertesacker, but I went for Saul Campbell just because he joined Arsenal on a free from Tottenham and became one of the best central defenders in club history. 146 total appearances for the club and an invincible. So I fucking love him. And fuck you to all the Spurs fans. They suck. Next up, 
Uh, Nacho Monreal, uh, one of the most, again, one of the most underrated defenders when he came to England, just signed for eight and a half million pounds, which is around 11 million U.S. dollars. Uh, Monreal made 187 appearances for the club, and his most well-known moment probably is scoring at Old Trafford against Manchester United in the FA Cup. So, on Nacho, fuck the Reds. Uh, now, this is where I had the biggest problems. The midfield. Th- there was just so many players that I could have put in here. I do not have Aaron Ramsey in here. That killed me. I do not have Patrick Vieira in here, which absolutely kills me. A little biased. I can see from your midfielders looking over your shoulder. A little bit, yeah. Okay. A little bit. This is my this is my favorite eleven. What do you want me to do? No there, there, there's no there is no team that I could complete in my favorite Arsenal eleven without Santi Cazorla in it. And he's one of my midfielders. He is the little magician. He could kill you with his left. He could kill you with his right. And many people had deemed Santi Cazorla when he was in England to be the best two-footed player at the time that he was in the Premier League. Cazorla made 125 appearances for the club, but only left the club after suffering what could have been an injury that required him to lose his entire leg altogether. He contracted gangrene, which ate part of his Achilles tendon. He got gangrene? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Was he in a war? No. Yeah. <laughs> This guy got gangrene? gangrene? Yeah, he got gangrene. Wait, Santi? Yeah. He had no to have, way. He had to have eight surgeries to correct it and potentially could have lost his leg altogether. Whoa. And came back, is now playing for Villarreal, up Santi. And Santi, of course, had said that he wants to come back and play one more game for Arsenal so he can say his proper goodbyes. That's a legend in my book. I fucking love the man. Oh, Santi Cazorla, baby. He's in my eleven. I don't care. I love you, Patrick Vieira, but I'm sorry. Not over Santi and not over Cesc Fabregas, my captain. Despite his eventual return to London for Chelsea, yeah, whatever. Arsenal club cap- Former Arsenal club captain Cesc Fabregas gets a place in my team, no question about it. Made his club debut in 2003 at 16 years old, playing with the Invincibles. And the former Barcelona academy player just never looked back from there. He made 212 appearances. For the Gunners for returning to Barcelona. And any man who says what his best goal was and the answer that he gave was any goal against Spurs, that's a man that includes a place in my my 11. So I'm all for Cesc Fabregas being in my team. Uh, Now we go to the advanced three on the right. I'm going with Mesut Ozil. And I know that there are a lot of people that are going to roll their eyes and say, oh, Mesut Ozil, here we go. But on his day, he's one of the most breathtaking players in the sport, without question. You only need to go back to last season and his Monday night masterclass at the Emirates versus Leicester to really back up what I'm saying. He was absolutely phenomenal in that match, and he's simply a footballing genius, just plain and simple. He's made 177 appearances for the club since arriving in 2013 from Real Madrid. And for me, he's earned the status of a club legend. I think that's that's plain and simple. He's made more appearances for Arsenal than he did for Madrid. And he is a legend in my book. Now we have our famous number 10. It could be anybody else. The Flying Dutchman, Dennis Bergkamp. He's earned his place on my Arsenal team and in my heart. I absolutely love me some Dennis Bergkamp. Made 315 appearances for the club. 
and of course formed probably the most deadly center forward striker partnership ever in Premier League history with Thierry Henry. There was nothing like it. There will probably never be anything like it. Goals scored against Leicester and Newcastle are all you need to see if you need to know anything about the quality that this man possessed. He was a fucking genius. And he gets his place in this team without question. It would not be a complete team if I did not have Dennis Bergkamp. Uh, my left-sided player, I'm going for the current club captain. I'm going for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He gets his place in this team. I really, really believe that he is just, he is outstanding. He's probably, if not the one of the best strikers in the Premier League right now. He's made 71 appearances so far for the club and has scored 46 goals. And since he has arrived in England, no one has scored more goals than Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He is just a nightmare for teams to deal with. No, no, not even, not even Salah. Not even Mane. But not even Nicolas Pepe? No, no. No, Pepe's been at the, Pepe's been at the club for four months. <laughs> That's your guy, though. <laughs> He's been at the club for four months. You want me to put him in here after four months? I'm surprised you didn't. No way. <laughs> no way. And, of course, the striker. Don't even need to go go and say who it is. There's no drum roll. Thierry Henry, the king, the greatest player in club history, the club's leading goal scorer. 258 appearances for Arsenal, 175 goals scored. He is a god for all mortal men to look up to. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. I love him, and he can come back and be my manager any day after Arteta is old, retired, and has won six Premier League titles and 20 Champions Leagues with <laughs> Arsenal. Dream on. Uh, and, yeah, that is my uh, that is my, my team. So just to recap, Jans Lehmann, Bakary Sanya, Tony Adams, Sol Campbell, Nacho Monreal, Santi Cazorla, Cesc Fabregas, Mesut Ozil, Dennis Bergkamp, Pierre-Eric Aubameyang, and Thierry Henry. Was that essay in MLA format, Ed? It was. Okay, good. It was. Properly cited. <laughs> you got more than that, Matt? I would like you to, uh, before coming to me, say, and best for last, please. Absolutely not! <laughs> Fuck your shit, club. All right, so, uh, best Fucking for last. Fucking bricks. The, uh, Chelsea Football Club. So, in that shock, shock, stunner, stunner, I have a better check. The best yeah, goalie. not a surprise. Best goalie to ever wear the blue. Probably one of the best goalies in Premier League history. Yeah, he's better than that fucking dunce you have in right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too happy with him at the moment. Um, <laughs> for right back, I went with uh, our current captain, our rocket, the right back for probably the last decade now, and Dave Aspilicueta. Ooh, interesting. Nothing really to say. And it was it was hard between him and Branislav. But yeah, I'm, that was the other one I was considering. If we're talking favorites here, he's the most tenured player in the team right now. It's fair, so fair. I'll give it to you. Uh, paired with him in the center, center right there, I got Gary Cahill, uh, was a key factor for us probably for the last decade and a half until he made his uh, switch over to Crystal Palace three years ago. Then, no-brainer right next to him, the king of all kings, the best defensive player. In the, the racist, the upfront racist. Yeah, that's getting cut. Uh, <laughs> the best defensive, defenseman in club history in John Terry, not really much to say about him, we all know the name. Uh, and then on the left side, I have uh, Ashley Cole. Fuck him! Uh, former uh, Arsenal player who decided that he wanted to take his talents to a more uh, competitive club. So yeah, I'm you mean the ones that are paying him the most? So I forgot to premise this beforehand. I did a four-three-three defend before getting into my midfield. So for my two defensive uh, midfielders, I went for my first one, um, current boy Angolo Conte. Not really much you can say about him. He's the best defensive midfielder in the world right now. 
And uh, I hope that he is in the future plans for this club because without him, I think our midfield will go to shambles because he needs to be the one to teach the young boys how to play the game properly. And I don't think there's any more intelligent midfielder in the world right now. And then pairing him, I'm going with an older boy, Mr. Michael Essien. Ooh, interesting. Uh, no John Obi Mikel? Nope. Interesting, okay. When Michael Essien signed with the club back in 2004, um, he won everything with us. He basically, he sparked our midfield into the powerhouse that they were in the beginnings of the in the late 2000s and then the early 2010s when they won the Champions League, won the Europa League, won the league multiple times. He was there through it all. Was there for, he was at the club for 10 years. There it all. And then up front for the midfield, no other man, the great Frank Lampard, current skipper. Uh, most goals in club history, most appearances in club history, every record known to mankind. Not really much you could say about him. And then now we get to the front three. On the right side, and we go with the wow Brazilian and Willian. Not much to say. Probably one of the most hardworking uh, players I've ever seen in my life at the club. Will give his heart and soul into every every time he's on the field. Wonderful with the ball, can throw in a great cross and can belt it when he's got space. Uh, on the left side, no other man, Eden Hazard, top five player in club history, basically sparked that club's attack for the last ten years and was the cornerstone behind the striker who we all know is coming in, Didier Drogba. I like that one. I love my. I have I have one that I want to ask that I wanted to ask you about. Okay, who? No Juan Mata in that team? No. No Juan really? Mata. Really? Hmm. No fun. no Christian Pulisic? Not yet. He'll be in the next decade. Ooh. So go plays. No Reese James? Reese Oh. I was thinking about it just for shits and giggles, throwing him over Dave, but then I... That would have sparked some fucking discussion. Cause uh, the, 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 the walls of the basin would have just caved in. The, the one I really struggled with, though, was N'Golo Conte. It was going to be either him or another Frenchman and Claude Makalele. Ooh. Uh, I, I would have said you probably got to put Makalele in there over uh, over Essien. I love Michael Essien. He was Michael like, Ballack you probably got to put in there, too. Oh, fuck no. God, no. So, <laughs> that's my... Uh, Fancied starting eleven for Chelsea Football Club. I'm surprised you didn't put Olivier Giroud as your striker. I'm I'm very upset. <laughs> Super if this, sub. If this were a most handsome starting eleven, Olivier Giroud would be the fucking captain. That man is just handsome, decadent. I think me and Brett need to do a lot more research for this next time. Well, yes, because uh, uh, well, we you guys can't be no, considered amateur soccer fans anymore. Learn the club. This is true. Very very good. Learn point. the club. Very good point. You want me to go on uh, Wikipedia and learn everything about Liverpool? Yeah, it's like... You learn a lot from reading. I'll just throw that out there. Well, yeah, I don't care. You know what? I don't... Like, I care about the current squad. Yeah, exactly. Like, But wouldn't you want to know what's the basis of your club? Really. I care about I care about my history. It's not like it's a movie. Like, I don't need to like remember the past so I know what's going on right now. So then would you consider yourselves frontrunners? If you well, care about current times, you don't want to learn about the club? I mean, no, I don't think that's really fair at all. I think that we care about the club right now. I just kind of chose the club. Then I found out all hey, the uh, I'm just stating the point. If you want to learn about the history, then... I know, about, I know about my club's history. Woolwich Arsenal, the south, south of the River Thames, then moved north into uh, right. Lily White Spurs territory, and that's how the North London Derby was born. You've been fans for two and a half years. Yeah. You've been a fan for how long? Poor God. Yeah. Yeah, thank um, you. I'm just saying, like, we're not, we are amateur fans. Not that we want to be amateur fans. We are amateur fans. It's not a choice. 
God, how long have I been an Arsenal fan? Hmm. I said I'd be a Chelsea fan for like 14 years. Thank you. That's why you know so much about the club. I would say, yeah, like 15, 16 years. Yeah. For Arsenal. Yeah, no. My club. My club. Up the Arsenal. Okay. That is it for this episode of the Basement Talk podcast. Uh, thank you to our producer, Matt Bertzel, for contributing as always. You're very welcome. And to our wonderful co-hosts, my wonderful co-hosts, Brett Mayer and Tim Brady. Gentlemen, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for coming, guys. Appreciate all the fans. Goodbye, adieu, and uh, see you later. Ciao. Ciao.